0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone, touchdown! Oh my! The mark of fantasy excellence.
1: You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart.
2: Wednesday, January 9th, let's cock-a-doodle-do it, this is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I am your host, Dane Martinez, they call me Speeds the Spittin' Statistician, and as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King. Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling? It's hump day going into division rounds.
1: My name is Jimmy. What's happening? Let me stand next to you. Fire.
2: <laughs> That's right. A big, day. big time with Chris Bavona dropping it on us. I remember his uh uh national anthem, electric guitar rendition. Big things that oh, yeah. I, I think
1: Pur- Pur- Purple Haze was the first song that I heard and I was I was hooked. Like that are you experienced album is is right. so great. And when I was out in Seattle recently, you know, I'm planning to go back another time. The one thing, the two things I didn't do is uh, I didn't see the Hendrix statue, and I didn't go to the Hendrix exhibit at the Museum of Pop Culture. There's going to be more to do next time.
2: Absolutely. More bucket list stuff for the King Scott Angle. My man Chris Bavona down there in the Fantasy Pit of Misery. Dilly-dilly to him. Dilly-dilly to everybody. When I'm thinking about, you know, Jimi Hendrix, are, you know, I mentioned Pavona because I know he's our resident cinephile as well in terms of all the movies. Scott, you yeah. familiar with White Men Can't Jump? From back in the of day, Of course.
1: yeah. You when can I hear think hear of Jimmy, Jimmy yeah.
2: exactly. That's ex- anytime I hear the words Jimmy Hendrick, that's what I think about. Like you're listening to Jimmy, but can you hear Jimmy? Is what it really comes down to. And it comes down to it with Billy Ho and uh, Sidney <laughs> Dean. You know what I'm talking about? that and the what are you Brothers. Yeah, right. and foods that start with the letter Q. But I digress. What is the that's right we got stuff to talk about my man oh boy did I love Rosie Perez back then I got stories about that for uh another time for another day maybe in the commercial (laughs) break Scotty but let's go on because we've got in many people's estimation the best weekend in football coming up in a mere three days so let's get into it we got news and notes what we're gonna do a little bit later on in the show we're gonna talk about each game we're gonna give you our previews we're gonna talk point spreads we're gonna talk totals the King Scott angle has his divisional round ranks up on rotoexperts.com. They are the mark of fantasy excellence and then a little bit later on in the show because remember on Wednesday we take the full two hours. Our friend Mike Blewett is taking the kids to school so we're going to have two hours to break this down. Okay, So we're going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about the totals. We're going to talk about the point spreads. We're going to talk about the King Scott Angles ranks. We're going to do a little bit of DFS leans in the second hour and we are also going to revisit the Super Bowl odds. Okay, they have now flexed and changed, so we're going to try and find a little bit of extra money uh, that is out there for you to win that cash. And to be quite honest, Scotty, when it comes to winning cash, I'm going to ask you something about just cash in general that our uh, intern Brian yesterday struck with me on uh, Fantasy Freestyle. I want to get your take on that. But I digress. Let's get into it. The first things we got to talk about is there's coaching news. You know, Scotty, yesterday we talked a lot about the coaching openings and what you look for in an opening based on, like, you know, the quarterback that you have, the the connection with the front office and some other factors. And two coaches must have liked what they saw in these situations. The first one I want to ask you about is it was rumored – and. Now it's official. BA Bruce Arians, his retirement lasted one year. He's going to be the next head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had to actually like swap late round picks to get his rights with the Arizona Cardinals. Talk to me about Bruce Arians, Scott. He's a guy who likes to be, you know, throw the ball down the field, a vertical offense. What might be the fantasy impact for people like Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or even an OJ Howard?
1: Yeah, plus he plus he brought Todd Bowles with him too. Yes, so. he did. You know, the prob- the problem with, with with Tampa Bay is they had all this talent, but I think they need they felt they needed a motivator there hmm. is the way I read it. It's not just about being aggressive. You know, Bruce Arians is, you know, uh widely regarded as, you know, a guy who's heavy on discipline. But right. his players also like But still him somehow a, lot, a player's
2: know. coach. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, gonna yeah, say. Yeah, that that play- his players,
1: yeah, I was saying that the play the players seem to like him a lot too though. Uh, so he seems to be a fair guy as well. Just I don't think they they felt the re- results were quite as optimum as they wanted in Arizona, but then they got even less out of Wilks. Uh, right. you know, Carson Palmer put up some good numbers there. I think there's instant optimism about Jameis Winston, but the problem is if you're going to be more aggressive with Jameis Winston, I think that's dangerous. More turnovers, as well. yeah, more turnovers, etc. Uh, You could see more passing, which fantasy players could like. Mike Evans still has to prove he can be consistent. I think there's general optimism surrounding this move from an NFL and a fantasy perspective. But what I think is, is that, you know, Bruce Arians isn't a dumb guy. He's been around the game for a long time. And I think I think, you know, they have to get a running back, really, that whether it's in the draft or free agency, that can really help balance out this offense and take some pressure off Jameis Winston. I think Bruce Arians may be smart as to say, look, you, you know, when what is Jameis Winston had a dependable running back? He's had to carry the offense a lot on his shoulders and really push the envelope. And if he has a, st- a strong running game, you know, maybe he can make better decisions. So there are guys out there like Tevin Coleman and Mark Ingram, and I think Ingram would be even better fit than Tevin Coleman, who hasn't proved he can be a full-time back. But he has more versatility than Ingram, although we've seen Ingram catch passes. I think he can do it. If they were to pick up a Mark Ingram in free agency and balance that offense out more, I think uh, there could be some nice results there out of Tampa Bay. uh, With Jameis Winston, you don't want to push him to be aggressive too much. I know fantasy players would like to see it, but from a pure NFL perspective, that guy needs help in the running game.
2: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I want to have a couple questions to follow up on this one for you. You talk about how they need a running back. Didn't they spend the first round pick on a running back this year? Yeah, but
1: uh, you know the guy didn't play the whole year. I, I do you think? I mean,
2: do you Ronald, think that's Ronald he Jones can't has been a big
1: it? been a big disappointment? You can't walk into 2019 and say, okay, you know we're going to make him a starter based on his pedigree. Right. Uh, you know, I think. But would the organization I, I think, go back to the well based and spend the first-round pick on say, that again? Though, I, I think based on what you say, Tevin yeah. Coleman might be a good fit because maybe they could split him with Ronald Jones. Mm. But if they feel Tevin Coleman, he's, you know, he wasn't a guy drafted by this regime, then they can pick up a Mark Ingram. Mm. Uh, the, the kid was drafted in the first round but never played anywhere like a first-round pick when he got on the field whether it was the preseason or the regular season. And I think there's a mentality
2: in the NFL unless the guy's a generational back. Do you see any uh do you think there's any potential he could be on the move? And if so, would he be an interesting fit uh in the same state in Tampa?
1: I think you want to have more pass catching running back type in Tampa. Okay. But you know, this is all speculation. And mm-hmm. if you're asking me what I think, what's gonna happen, it's very, very hard to predict. It's yep. uh, you know, Leonard Fournette is a very, very talented running back, but I think you can see the frustration from the organization that the guy just can't stay healthy. You know, for the draft capital that they 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 spent on him. As far as are they going to move on from him or not? Uh, you know, I I really haven't read anything solid that they would do that. You know, rumors. it's just it's just rumors, etc. As to whether they're going to keep him or not, where he's going to land. I, I I think you're taking a big roll of the dice okay. when you try to answer a question like that.
2: Fair enough. Um, Something that is less of a roll of a dice, in my opinion, is let's talk about this passing game real quick uh, before I move on to another head coach opening in the segment here. Will you talk about. Mike Evans maybe has a little bit of a boost, but he has some level of inconsistency. He's more inconsistent than the other elite wide receivers, which may be more of why he's like a very high end wide receiver two instead of a wide receiver one might wind up something as like wide receiver thirteen or something in your ranks. But from everything I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Deshaun Jackson wants out of Tampa. Um, Adam Humphreys is a free agent that will probably get some some pay some pay uh, somewhere else. In my opinion, I think this is prime for Chris Godwin to finally take that step. I think he'll be left as the undisputed number two in Tampa if there's no Humphreys, no Deshaun Jackson. I'm expecting this year, Chris Godwin, to have a Kenny Galladay like jump this year um, into the fantasy ranks of the relevant, like, you know, week to week wide receiver threes, at least. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if Jackson's past his prime, Right, uh you know Humphreys, they could try to resign him because uh, there would be a market him for him, a lot though. there will be a market for him though, and maybe he can get paid more and have a, a more established role, so I, I think that really does open up things for chris Godwin i'm I'm definitely in agreement with that, you know, but again, it's all about you know getting that running back to set up the play action so you can hit a guy right. like that downfield.
2: All right, um, another coaching opening that was filled yesterday. And this is an interesting one on a number of levels. Uh, Dreamboat. Cliff Kingsbury is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, we remember we talked about this being a less desirable job for a number of factors. Everything from the fact that, you know, the cupboard is somewhat bare there to the fact that that NFC West is going to have some real competition. Um, Talk to me about what you think Kingsbury, who is, you know, was a prolific quarterback in his own right. at I believe Texas tech and then runs a spread offense in the big 12 was now the USC offensive coordinator. Talk to me about what you think he wants to do with Arizona and what it means for guys like David Johnson, what it means for a second year wide receiver that we kind of liked in Christian Kirk. Um, you know, what do you think about this Cardinals team potentially under Kingsbury and what does it mean for second-year quarterback Josh Rosen? Yeah,
1: you know, this is the move in the NFL coaching circles, which is really to go after an offensive mind. You know, this guy in right. college ran some spectacular offenses, but uh, you know, defensively his teams weren't too good. You know, they want to light the spark under this team offensively because it has some talent in place. And it's not about just getting the potential out of Josh Rosen. You have Christian Kirk. You had Chad Williams, who some people you know still regard as, as very talented. David Johnson mm-hmm. could be the centerpiece of that offense. Right. Don't know if Fitzgerald is going to be back at all. So I think there's some pieces there. It's just uh, I think it makes sense because – I think you want to have some more creative offensive coaching. You know there are some pieces on defense they can work with, uh, but you know this team needs a spark offensively. You look at what they have on the field, and you know it's just not very inspiring in terms of the play
2: calling. Yeah, they do, however, have the number one overall draft pick, Scott. You know, and so that's that's something interesting. Although this draft, from everything I've read, seems to be kind of light on uh, skill position talent. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no stud running back, let's say. Many people believe Dwayne Haskins, the kid from Ohio State, is like the only quarterback that actually warrants a first-round grade, although I wouldn't be surprised to see others kind of sneak into the first round. So, you know, that first that number one overall pick, at least they know they could do something. Um, even if what they want to do, because you mentioned they don't have a ton of talent, if they want to trade down, they could do that as well. You know, that's got to be something that was attractive to Kingsbury, right?
1: Yeah, but, you know, it always you know, what we don't think about sometimes, which we think a lot skill positions too, is, you know, if there's a stud, stud offensive lineman there to really, sure. you know, anchor for Rosen there, that's, you know, that I think that offensive line still needs some pieces. That's a direction that they can go. in. even if they trade down, if they just trade yep. lower in the top 10, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, I think another playmaking wide receiver, like Kirk is good, but I, I'd like to have somebody who really strikes fear into the heart of the defense for that young quarterback,
2: yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, That's the what Indianapolis Colts. Yep, I hear you. Uh, I think I think that does make sense. And you know, also don't get it twisted. David Johnson is only a year removed from a two thousand yard season. So you know, you have capable uh, capable people over there. You know, I agree with you, Scott, on terms of what Arizona could do in that draft. Look at what the Indianapolis Colts did last year. They traded down. Right, they traded down with the Jets, moved down a little bit in the in the top ten. To your point, still came away with All Pro guard Quinton Nelson. Got more picks, and I believe one of the picks they got in the second round turned into uh, defensive Rookie of the Year Darius Leonard as well. You know, so I mean, uh, that blueprint is certainly certainly there. I know we're talking about head coaches, but I wanted to ask you one other thing about a coach that was hired yesterday because we only got a minute or so left in this segment, and we can start digging into the games on the other side of the break. Scott, the Atlanta Falcons, they they fired Sarkeesian as their offensive coordinator, and they hired Dirk Cutter. Former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my question for you is very simple. Do you think it's an added bonus and something the Falcons considered that Dirk Cutter for the last oh i don't know five years or so has been in this division and as the offensive coordinator really knows the n f c South defenses really knows division rival Tampa Bay? the fact that he was so familiar with the division, do you think that played anything into their uh decision to hire cutter?
1: Yeah, and you know part of it too is you know cutter I think. Instantly proved that he was he was one of those guys who's better as a coordinator than mm-hmm. a head coach, you know. And he he's been with the Falcons twice, you know. The quarterback is very comfortable right. with him, so uh, you know he's had his ups and downs with the Falcons, but uh, a lot of it has been up. I think that played a big part in uh, the decision to bring him back. You know, we talked about familiarity.
2: Yep, that is the case. I mean, Matt Ryan, to be quite honest, Matt Ryan now over the last, oh, I don't know, four years, this will be like his third offensive coordinator, right? He had Shanahan, um, and, you know, they they went to the Super Bowl. They had now Sarkeesian, and now under Dirk Cutter, um, that's three offensive coordinators in what? it has got like four or five years, so uh, the only constant is change down there from Matt Ryan. It well, goes back but, to a guy you're familiar with, though, so yeah. that's good. That is true. That is true. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons offense will look a little bit different next year personnel-wise. We'll figure that one out as we go along. When we come back on Roto Experts in the morning, we break down these division uh, round games. point spreads, the whole nine. It's in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and Scott holding you down for the next two hours. We're going to start diving into all the divisional round games, give you our take on how the game's going to play out, point spreads, totals. We'll get into Scott's rankings as we zoom in to a player perspective, and then we'll zoom in even further and give you some DFS options if you want to win a little bit of extra cash this weekend. Also want to tell you, listen, if you're at the game, just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet anywhere, anytime with the all new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today. You'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to mybookie.ag. Open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and mybookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yeah, that's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. All right. Scotty, let's get it into it. We got games this weekend. I believe it's the best weekend in football. I know you like Championship Sunday a little bit better. I like double the action, double the fun for this weekend. The first game... That we will see this weekend on Saturday afternoon will be the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The total in this one, Scott, is the highest total on the board. It is 57 right now. I got to tell you though something, though, Scott. Listen, I've said I will never bet another under in the NFL with the rules and stuff like it is right now. But my lean might be under in this game. And for two main reasons. One, I'm riding this narrative that first-time playoff quarterbacks underperform form a little bit. It happened to Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, and Lamar Jackson last week. I wonder, could it happen to Patty Mahomes? This Indianapolis Colts defense is a little bit better than people think, and I also believe the Indianapolis Colts are going to try to run the ball with Marlon Mack against like the 30-something ranked run defense in an effort to keep Patty Mahomes off the field, control the clock, and by definition, keep the score down. Do you see this as potentially an under as well, Scott?
1: Your point about Mahomes being in the first, uh, you know, the first playoff game of his career, I think that makes more of a difference to me uh, in terms of winning and losing the game. Uh, okay. Whereas Andrew Luck, you know, has a little bit more postseason experience. As far as terms of keeping the score down, I, I just can't see it going below fifty-seven. It's uh, you know, I, because I think the Colts can score easily, score over thirty on their own, and that means Kansas City is going to have to keep up. Uh, they're not going to go total ball control, I don't think either, because, okay. look, can't, I, they, there is going to be a lot of running because they, well, one thing that people do miss about the Chiefs is they were tied for the lead league in sacks, but then again, you know, the, the Colts people game the lead sacks. Yeah. With, you're talking about 55 versus 18. The Colts can really impose their will offensively, and you're right. You know, they could they could can slow the game down conceivably with Marlon Mack, but I don't believe there's any team out there that's fully capable of start stopping this this Kansas City offense, and what it's going to come down to is, is, I think, yes, they'll eat up some clock on some drives, but the Kansas City can strike so quickly that it is going to be high-scoring.
2: Okay, um, so as far as the total, you're, you you still see it somehow passing the fifty-seven. I you know I understand. Listen, I just put forth my. Well, it's my not going to be why,
1: Rams, but it's going to be high right. scoring.
2: Listen, I put forth my rationale of like why it could be lower scoring, but when it comes down to it, you know, I mean, <laughs> every game in the NFL is almost a the shootout these days. So I completely understand what you're saying. Let me tell you, I mean, Let me ask you this week. though. <laughs> this that's fair. That's fair. Let yes. me ask you this. I'm looking at Marlon Mack's last three games in his game log. Okay, December 16th against Dallas, 27 carries, Scott. Not as much right. against the Giants, but then the third, uh, December 30th against Tennessee, 25 carries. Last week, the wild card round against Houston, 24 carries. Scott, this guy, you know, this guy has had like 27 or more touches in, in three of his last four games. I, I really do think. They're gonna feed him and, and try to play a little time of possession.
1: I agree with you, but it's the the other part of it is like I said, mm-hmm. is you can control all the clock you want. The Kansas City offense doesn't need that much time on the clock to strike.
2: Yeah. I I, I mean, yes. <laughs> like absolutely that's true. What about um do you think this Kansas City offense though is the same offense that it was in, you know, November? Uh, October, you know, I look at Patty Mahomes, you know, in his last, oh, four games, let's say, Baltimore, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Raiders, albeit, you know, Seattle, the Chargers, and the Ravens are, you know, three pretty good defenses, but so are the Colts, you know, I mean, He's been under 300 passing yards four of his last five games. This is a guy who, you know, was ridiculous in the first half of the season. I mean, over 300 yards. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, nine. Nine of his first 10 games, you know, and hasn't cracked, only cracked 300 once since. And that was 377 against Baltimore in a game that went to overtime. You know, Mahomes has not played the same.
1: This offense is still very potent though. They put up you know, they put up thirty five, thirty-one, twenty-eight, twenty seven, yeah. forty, uh, you know, since the bye. So they're they're still scoring a lot of points.
2: Okay. What do you think is the impact of no Kareem Hunt? Uh, for but the, the last one point one you thing
1: know? one t- one thing to your point though is is yeah. that since week one the the uh the Chiefs are one and four against playoff teams. So that got, that goes back. What you're talking about, I think, it goes back more into the reasons why the Chiefs can lose, rather than why you know they they may not score as much as as
2: they usually do. Okay. No, I hear you, and, and I've been saying this for the last oh, I don't know, the last week. The Chiefs are three and three in their last six games, yeah. and of those three wins, two of them are to the Oakland Raiders. You know what I mean, and the other one was Baltimore in overtime. You know, so I mean, when they play, they played good teams recently: Seattle, the Chargers, you know, the the Ravens, the Rams, and and they've and they've lost. You know, and I think right now the Colts are as good of a team as any. They're they're what are they? Nine of their last ten, and they're hot right now. 11, You're getting yeah. or ten of their last eleven. You know, and they're getting at right at this point five points. I mean, call me crazy, but right now I'm taking the Colts plus the five, Scott. I don't call you crazy. I'm agreeing with you. I think they win the game. You're taking the Colts outright right now. You Over on uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Scotty, you can get the Colts at plus 184. So you drop 100 bucks, you get 184 bucks back. You like that return on your money? Yeah, I'll drop about 200 on that. Really, Scotty? Where are you getting yeah. all this cash from? What? Where well, you get all this cash league again From all your championships, back-to-back back yeah. and belly-to-belly? Belly. I like that, Scotty. Go ahead and reinvest that in the Indianapolis Colts. I like what you are doing there. What else do you think is a key in this game, Scotty? Anything else that we – like, I really think it's going to be Marlon Mack continuing to run the ball to keep Kansas City off the field a little bit. And here's the other thing I'll say, Scotty. Patty Mahomes has made, you know, dozens of eye-popping plays. All season long, right? But at the same time, everybody talks about him as a risk taker, a gunslinger. All they need, Scott, or, and they meaning the Colts, all the Colts need, Scotty, is one of these crazy scramble throw across your body crazy throws that everyone acknowledges Patty Mahomes probably should not be doing are not great plays. Those are the kind of plays you're like, no, no, no. Oh my God, yes. You know, all he needs is for one of those to go awry and become an interception. You know, and to take one of those Chiefs possessions away, and it's real different. I, you know, the law of averages on some of Patty Mahomes' risky plays have to come to roost in some point in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you would. I don't believe in that,
1: like law of averages. No? That's more of like a baseball thing. Uh, you know, but, but you if he keeps making things, plays, dude, I, agree con- I agree with you in I agree with concept that that not from the way he plays in in the playoffs. A gunslinger like like that could always be dangerous to make a turnover. Uh, but, you know, Kansas City is six in the league at, at plus nine in takeaway-giveaway. The Colts mm. are actually worse. You know, Luck had more interceptions than Mahomes. They're, they're just plus two in takeaway-giveaway. I see where you're coming from. I'm not, I, 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 I guess the reasoning is different to me. I don't talk about the law of averages. Okay. I'm just saying if he wants to force things in a playoff atmosphere, or maybe he shouldn't. I think you're more likely to pay for it in the postseason than you would in the regular season. So I do come around around agreeing with you, yeah. you there. And also, I believe, even though Kansas City was better on takeaway giveaway, that if one of these defenses has to get a stop and it's not a thing of an interception, but you know, going four and out late in the game, you know, give me the Colts defense to get a stop over the Kansas City defense.
2: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I guess law of averages may not be the right term per se, but you know, by definition, Scott, if he's like a risk taker, right? If if that's a if that's a term that's been used, right? Like and he throws up a lot of quote-unquote 50-50 balls, right? And we're all like, yeah. "Oh my god, what an amazing play when his receiver makes a great play." Remember Tyreek Hill on one heel, you know, cutting across the field for 40 yards, you know, when when Mahomes is slinging it out of the pocket, that's a 50-50 play, right? And all I'm saying is, you know, when that coin flip comes up bad for the Chiefs in a high A high leverage situation like, you know, the fourth quarter of a playoff game when you're only up three to the Indianapolis Colts, you know, that's a huge kind of difference maker. Those things, those coin flips have been coming up heads for Patty Mahomes all season long. All it takes is one of those to come up tails.
1: Yeah, and uh, Indianapolis is uh, tied for ninth in the NFL with 15 interceptions.
2: There you go. There you go. And they also do bring some pressure on the quarterback. Their sack numbers are on the top half of the league as well. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's dig into another game real quick here, Scotty. And then what we'll do is we'll cycle back for the players. Or do you want to like, talk about the players in this one right now? Because I think it's very interesting. You've ranked the quarterbacks, right? And your number one and two quarterbacks for this week are both in this game. You have Luck number one, Patty Mahomes number two. It sounds, though, like... You know, you're a little bit down on the Chiefs. So if that's the case, why is Patty Mahomes still your number two quarterback this week?
1: Because I think it's going to be a tight game. And even though I expect the Colts to win, uh, you know, I also have to respect the fact that Mahomes is the best fantasy quarterback left in the playoffs. And they do have a number one seed.
2: All right. I I, I hear that. Let's look at some of these running backs. Um, in this game, I mean, you have the running backs up high as well. M- maybe this is also because, remember, the total is 57. So maybe you just think in general there will be the most offense, the most production in this game. We've been talking about Marlon Mack so much and his opportunity against the bad Chiefs run defense. You have him as RB4. You have the other running back higher, the Damian Williams of Kansas City, who, you know, is kind of going under the radar here. You, however, Scotty, have him as RB3. Uh, for this week, ahead of Marlon Mack, who we've been touting all week long.
1: Yeah, he's more versatile than Mack. And
2: uh, he, he can get in the end zone
1: as both a receiver and a runner. So, yeah, you know, that's that's what I'm looking at there. Uh, you know, Indianapolis is eighth against the run, so the yardage is not going to come easy, but he can also get it in the receiving game. And uh, to me, he's the clear number one when they're in the goal line, and that team gets near the goal line a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think... I think he would have more scoring opportunities because of his versatility than Marlon
2: Mack. Okay. Um, It's interesting, you know... In this game, there's your number one and two quarterbacks in your rankings. In this game, is your number one and two tight ends as well? You know, you have Travis Kelsey one, Eric Ebron two. I am intrigued though. Don't get me wrong. I think all these guys in the top, you know, four, let's say for tight ends, are great. What was your kind of tie breaking or decision making factor of putting Ebron even ahead of your number three tight end Zach Ertz this week? I, you know, my knee jerk reaction is that Ertz would be ahead of Ebron, but why do you have Ebron in the? Number number 2 spot
1: cuz i take into account you know these are for fantasy playoff ranks on rotoexperts.com right now i take into account the chances of advancing and for me oh you're easier, talking about for free, multiple games maybe advance. you know all these ranks are you know what are the percentages that i feel this team you know has a chance to advance and i think Kansas City and Indianapolis is very evenly matched i slightly I prefer Indianapolis and Ebron I have much more confidence that, especially if you play uh, like in the NFFC or the okay, NFL.com Fantasy Football Playoff Challenge. You want to get those
2: multipliers. I see. So that's a great clarification. Um, You know, when I looked up, it was my mistake. You know, I see it as divisional round rankings, and I also see it as, uh, you know, you have a little title here that says Week 19. So I thought about it as more as this week. Instead, to clarify, you're talking about it from now through the rest of the playoffs. So that's where the multiple games become involved, correct?
1: For those that are reading it, you know, I did outline that and say, you know, it was a combination of performance for this week and look at and uh, how far I think people should go when they advance.
2: Yep, a uh, combination of what teams are projected to advance in the playoffs and potential overall production. That makes sense to me. Thank you for the clarification. Looking at wide receivers, Scotty, listen, Tyree Hill is your one. T.Y. Hilton is your three. Both of these teams, you know, Hill and Hilton are kind of like the the number one wide receivers, I think, in an obvious fashion for these teams. I will say this, though. I've been impressed, Scotty, with Dontrell Inman the last couple of weeks for the Indianapolis Colts. It looks like he is the number two receiver there. It's not it's the Rogers. It's not Ryan Grant. It, it's Dontrell Inman that has come on. You note that he scored in three consecutive games. Talk to me about the love for the Inman.
1: Yeah, he scored in three consecutive games. They're <laughs> looking for him in the red zone. Uh, they're looking for him on key downs. You know, you, you can probably expect about five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown here. And uh, that's probably the floor, I think, this week against that Kansas City pass defense, which is uh, ranked 30th in the league.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is really 31st, interesting. Actually. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. They are, uh, Kansas City is thirty-first. Yep, Kansas they are Kansas worse
1: worse against the pass than yep. they are against the run. You know, thirty-first against the rush. Well, when, I mean, when, against when, the when, pass,
2: twenty-seventh against the run. Sorry.
1: Yeah, when you're looking at the yards per game, only Cincinnati was worse this season. They give up 273 yards per game.
2: All right. So, so, so there you have that. Any other wideouts so, you would want to take a flock?
1: Thirty touchdown passes allowed.
2: Ooh, so Andrew Luck, that's an interesting matchup right there. And Andrew Luck yeah. has been carving him up. I think Andrew Luck can, can do well in the passing game. I just think the scheme will be to play a little bit of ball control. So you may – and I, I I reeled off the Marlon Mack carry numbers, you know, 25, 24, 27, that sort of thing. So, you know, they will feed the beast if this a game little gets bit into in Marlon Mack.
1: The one, the one thing I, I see where you're coming from, and I I respect that thought process, sure. but if this game becomes a shootout – where they have to sling back and forth to each other, Andrew Luck's gonna have a hell of a lot of attempts, and oh, that yeah. could
2: cut into Marlon Mack in the game flow kind of thing. You're right. Like right. if they get to, if they get if they're able to keep it close early, then they're gonna try and run the ball. If the Chiefs get out to a fourteen nothing lead at the end of the first quarter, then the game flow is gonna force them out of that, and Andrew Luck's gonna put it up fifty times, right? And exactly. if that is the case, exactly. Scott, but if it's ahead.
1: like if it's also like the Chiefs get the ball first, they score. Mm -hmm. The Colts get the ball back. They score. They both score touchdowns, and the Chiefs get the ball back, and they score again, and then the Colts get a field goal. It's, you know, they have to keep
2: pace. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, Scott, it's almost like a tennis match. Where you have to, like, hold serve. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the first team that breaks serve is going to have some kind of big advantage. That makes sense to me. Scotty, when we come back, we'll take a look at the Saturday night game in the same kind of fashion. We'll talk odds, we'll talk totals, and we'll talk your player ranks when it comes to Rams and Cowboys on the other side of the break. It's Dane and Scott on Roto Experts in the morning. Coming right back. and keep,
1: Keep going.
0: New Year, New You. Yeah, you hear that saying every single New Year's Day, right? But it takes money to get that new you for the new year. You need money for that gym membership. You need money to buy the expensive, healthier groceries. And you need money to go on that awesome vacation with the cute girl or guy in your office. But there is something to help you get that money, and it's free. When you download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, you get to listen to the best fantasy sports analysis 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for free fantasy analysis, betting odds and plenty of entertainment to help you get that money you need to start your New Year's journey. Go to the iTunes or Google Play Store, download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app and start listening to the best fantasy sports and betting analysis in the industry. We want you to drop those holiday pounds. We want you to take that awesome vacation and we want to see you start 2019 right by downloading the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here to give you that cash to start a new year with a new you.
2: Welcome back. Go to Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician and the king. We're taking you through these division games. We just talked about that first game of the week, the Colts and the Chiefs. Despite the fact that the Chiefs are the one seed, Scotty and I both. Uh, really like the Colts in this one. I think the combination of the hot Colts, the Chiefs have not been as hot. You know, that defense being a little bit underrated, what they have the ability to do in the run game against the bad Chiefs run defense. You know, to me, it's just too many narratives and pieces of rationale and evidence that go in the Colts' favor. Uh, but we will make our official picks on Friday. I know Scott has let the cat out of the bag. He says he's picking the Colts. So we'll see about that. Scotty, I also got to let people know. Yeah that, um, yeah, the cat is out of the bag. Um, you know, Scotty, um, here, it's the winter time in New York. You know, it's it's cold, it's dreary. You know what I like to do sometimes? I like to watch a little golf on TV and see clear blue skies and beautiful manicured lawns and weather and water. It looks great. So I'm got golf on my mind a little bit, Scott. And I want to let you know that the dailyroto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. You can check out the all new lineup optimizer, the customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings ownership projections, a PGA finish probability simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three-ball betting tools, and so much more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's right, DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. All right, Scotty, our next game, Saturday night in L.A., we're going to have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, listen, they needed to buy, most notably, Todd Gurley, you know, is, is, is nursing kind of a, uh, a knee injury. They are saying he will practice today. First things first, do we expect, um, you know, I know you're speculating on some level and you don't like to do this around injuries, but is there any reason, Scott, that we shouldn't, with the extra week re- of rest, that uh, shouldn't expect Todd Gurley to get a relatively full complement of his normal workload?
1: Well, it's been a few weeks of rest now. Right. And there was every indication from the Colts' camp is that they were holding him out for something like this. And, you know, you've seen it with guys like T.Y. Hilton. You know, they're not going and even Cole Beasley. You know, if these guys can walk, they're going to play. Sure. So you know, if, he's, if he's good to practice, I'm expecting him to play. Strange things can happen, but I'm expecting him to play.
2: Okay. How crazy would it be to, like, in a DFS kind of scenario, take C.J. Anderson? Uh, I, I don't think there's any reason to do it unless you, we, we get some negative reports on Gurley. Right, 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 right. I mean, like, if you're going to be a person, though, maybe, Scott, if you're a guy who throws in, like, 20 lineups, right, into a tournament, you want to have that one off one just in case, right, just in case something happens and he tries but can't really go or there's some kind of reaction. Well, if react- you're going to take that
1: approach, and you might as well throw Rod
2: Smith in there, too. I guess, but with Zeke Elliott, you know, there's no narrative. I mean, Gurley, there's been a narrative that he's banged up. Narrative that he's banged up, but
1: you know, I, I think we do that t- too often. We we, 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 you know, we get worried that, oh, you know, he might come out of the game at some point. Right. It's uh,
2: uh, I'm talking know, about it, if you put a in violent, twenty lineups, Scott. A, maybe you put one like that out of twenty. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
1: but I wouldn't expect anything out
2: of it. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what a lot of times these tournaments I'm, are. I'm not, you know, not going to
1: create worries where there are none.
2: All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's hope there's no worries. In fact, uh, we'll get more information on Todd Gurley as practice reports come out and they start this week. It sounds like he is going to be able to be a regular go for the Rams in this one. Listen, Scotty, people are talking about this Dallas Cowboys defense, and I think this Dallas Cowboys defense is legit. Listen, Chris Richard is getting coaching, you know, head coach interviews, right? So their defense is legit. Could be We've next seen coach of the Jets. Yeah, he could be. I hope that does not the case, unfortunately the betting markets, by the way, on that have McCarthy, Caldwell, and Gaze as the three favorites for the Jets. Why would you not want to have Rashard? Because uh, I want an offensive, I want an offensive mind as head coach. That's why.
1: Okay. You could also get a Rashard and get a good offensive coordinator, too. Of
2: course we could, but, like, you know, I, I think the way this league is going, um, I, wanna, I want an offensive guy at the top of the food chain for my team. I mean, we just had a defense. We've had a couple of defensive guys, Bowles, right. Rex Ryan before him, and I think the number one priority is to have someone, and albeit you are correct, that could be the offensive coordinator, but I think uh, we have to have someone whose first priority is the ability to develop Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think McCarthy's good in that respect. I would hope so. We'll see about that one. But let's talk more about teams that are still actually playing this NFL season, the Cowboys and Rams. And I was talking about this originally with Rashard, this idea that the Cowboys' defense is absolutely legit. They had their hallmark performance, I remember, about a month ago at home against the Saints. But the key is that was at home. Scotty, do you expect this, uh, the Cowboys' defense to really still be able to punch people in the mouth and be as elite on the road in L.A.? I think the kind of football they play travels. Hmm. Uh, Control the clock,
1: play good defense, try to live in turnovers. And that's why I think the Cowboys have the puncher's chance. They are coming off what is clearly to me the biggest win in over 20 years in Dallas. You know, they finally won in a playoff game against a, a very formidable opponent. If they can go on the road and do this, then, then this past week's game becomes the second biggest right of uh, v- victory in uh, in recent Dallas Cowboys history. Uh, you know some of these wild card games they won. I think this was, they just won three wild card games prior to the season. You know they, they 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 earned them, but they weren't impressive. You know they had a they had a two and eight record under Jason Garrett coming into playoffs. It was his most impressive playoff victory during the Jason Garrett era. So. Yeah, they have some momentum going into here, and you know, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be huge against uh, a Rams rush defense that's very, very vulnerable. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is always big, but he's going to be even bigger this week. You know the Rams are, you know they've been they've been twenty you've, you've third against the run, run the ball against them all year long. You know you're right, twenty third again when you talk about yards per game. So the Cowboys. They have a certain style of play that they've had under Jason Garrett the last few years. Try to play solid defense, control the clock, limit mistakes with the quarterback. That's what they did last week, and they can do it this week too. Jared, Jared Goff, his home road splits are, are stark. We no longer talk about Roethlisberger right. with the home road splits. Now we've got to talk about Goff. He's so much better at home, but this is, this is is a very this is a very daunting matchup for him. Uh, I do believe that the Cowboys can be beaten deep. So Brandon Cooks is uh, a threat, like we saw with Tyler Lockett last week. Right. Uh, they, they, I think they have more talent offensively overall than Seattle did, even though Seattle has the better quarterback. You know, I think they have more explosive playmakers than the Seahawks do, uh, and they'll have a better chance of hitting some more big plays. And I think, you know, McVay will adjust to situations much better than Brian Schottenheimer did, you know, but this is this is a tough draw. But I, I think if 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 Dak Prescotts had to trade some offensive punches with Goff, too, he can do it. I think the Cowboys can open up the passing game a
2: little bit if they have to. Interesting. When I look though at your quarterback ranks, though, Scott, you know, there's only eight teams left, so you only ranked eight quarterbacks. Dak Prescott is number eight.
1: Right, because I think uh, I'm not looking for huge fantasy upside from Dak in this game. I'm looking for him to, for them to lead on the run, for him not to make mistakes, for them to play ball control, high percentage. Sure, they can hit a big player to to Amari Cooper, but I think I'm not saying I don't like Dak Prescott this week. But I think of all eight quarterbacks, I like them all for one reason or another. Right. Uh, I think he has the least statistical upside. And Listen, the the cowboy the Cowboys have a tough
2: draw going to Los Angeles too. You know, at the same time. Yeah, I think that's true, Scott. You know, I mean, listen, there's only eight teams left, right? So there's no scrubs. <laughs> you know, there's no, you know, Cody Kessler is not leading one of these teams. You know what I mean? So um, I do think you make a good point. When you talk about the statistical upside, let me ask you, though, something. What I, Something I've seen out of the Cowboys the last couple of weeks is Dak Prescott running the ball. You know, he had that great conversion on third and fourteen. He got into the end zone with his legs in the wild card game. I've seen Dak scramble in key situations. Um, could what do you think about Dak's rushing potential uh in terms of his fantasy or DFS impact?
1: Well, there's always the potential for a rushing touchdown. You know, as we've seen. He's he's had uh he's had six rushing touchdowns in each of his three seasons. So the potential is always there and you know that makes that makes the RPO kind of a threat for the Dallas Cowboys, and you know gives them some more offensive balance as well. Uh, when you look at the rushing numbers, you know on a week on a week to week basis, you know when you look at his his recent game log, log. The the yardage certainly doesn't jump out at you in any major way. Uh, you know in, in the regular season, that you there the weren't you know he had three hundred and five rushing yards. It's that's not awful. Uh, but you know, late in the season, there were games where we didn't even see any rushing yards from him at all. Hmm. Uh, so I don't think there's a t- I think there's a threat to run in a touchdown, but in terms of like rushing for yards every week, I don't think there's much upside there at all.
2: Okay. Fair enough. One question I want to ask you about, I'm looking at your rankings. I'm looking at the wide receiver rankings, Scott, and you just mentioned that the Cowboys could be beat deep. To me, that means Brandon Cooks, and that's what you said, right? However, you do have Brandon Cooks as wide receiver six. You have Robert Woods as wide receiver five, so you have him one spot ahead, which means that I guess you actually lean towards Woods slightly over Cooks. Can you talk about the differences in these two wide receivers and how you maybe see that playing out against this Cowboys defense? You have them both. You know, Inside your top six, Woods at five, Cooks at six. Um, talk to me about the differences between them both. I know you mentioned Cooks was the over-the-top guy, but you do have Woods ranked one spot higher.
1: Yeah, because to me, he's the more important chain mover. Uh, I think he's the more dependable fantasy wide receiver. He has been all year long in terms of getting in the end zone and you know making those consistent type of catches. Uh, you know, Dallas is 13th against the pass, so... You know, they're they're a little bit better than average. You know, they can be beat here, but they have enough weapons where Jared Goff can spring it or spread it around. And I think when he looks for a key play, it's more
2: Robert Woods. When he looks for a big play, it's more of Brandon Cooks. Okay. Let me ask you this, Scotty. I'm over here on... um on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and you know what's so great is like, okay, you know, the Rams are seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is 49. Those are like the regular bets, right? But there's a lot of other options out there, and here's one that I think is interesting. Let me hear if you buy my narrative on this one. I think a lot of times in these games, although it was not the case in the national championship game on Monday, I think a lot in these games, the first quarter, the teams are kind of like, feeling each other out, shall we say, and like sometimes these games open up in the second half. There's a bet, Scott, for the first quarter total, the qu- the total for just the first quarter, and it's right now at nine and a half. That's going to require two scores. I think I think the under is interesting in this one. I could see like, you know, a long drive by the Cowboys at the beginning or, you know, the Cowboys defense being able to stifle the Rams early in the game and then maybe adjustments happen. I'm thinking maybe in this first quarter it could be a little bit of a feeling out process. What do you think about the under or the total of nine and a half for the first quarter?
1: Uh Dallas has that type of team where they can control the clock early, especially right. if they, they they get the opening kickoff, and yeah, right. they could keep it under there.
2: I could even see them feeding Gurley early in the game too, to like make sure to establish him that he's back, kind of thing as well. I could see the Rams even trying to start off, not necessarily slow, but starting off trying to establish the run.
1: Uh, I think establishing the run is tough against the Cowboys. We've already seen that. Uh. So I, I don't think we can guess as what, to what the game plan is going to be with the Rams, whereas I
2: think uh, Dallas is more predictable under Jason Garrett. Fair. So, so what do you think about this prop out here, this first quarter total of uh, nine and a half as the, as the total? What do you think about that? I think that's tasty. I think it's pretty intriguing with the, what I'm going with the feeling each other out narrative. Um, I'm thinking the under nine and a half is interesting for this first quarter. I can see where you're coming from and I'm not
1: saying it's gonna happen, but I'm still gonna take the over. Because this game could
2: easily one team scores a touchdown and the other team kicks a field goal, you're already over. This is true. I just think maybe it happens, you know, sixteen minutes into the game instead of fifteen it, minutes. It, it's kinda
1: hard when you talk about the Rams to uh, you know, be in one of these two
2: teams. Okay, let me ask you this because you're talking about how this Dallas Cowboys defense is legit and we know about the prolific offense of the Rams – I talked about the first quarter, but the entire the total for the game is 49. Scott, we've seen usually Rams games all season long have been in the 50s, so they're giving a little bit of respect to this Cowboys defense. You know, style makes fight, right? Do you think the Rams can control it and it's an up-and-down game? you think the Dallas Cowboys defense can do their thing? What do you think about the total for the entire game sitting at 49, one of the lower Rams totals you'll see all season?
1: I, th- I think we can see it under here. Really? Uh, I don't necessarily look for Dallas to be a high scoring team they can control a lot of the clock uh, they can play stout defense so i'm okay with the you know just with going with the under
2: interesting interesting a lot of uh, a lot of ways to win a little bit of extra cash here it's a
1: very challenging over under though i'll tell you that it is
2: it is cuz you're kind of almost declaring who you think is going to win you know what i mean you got to figure if it's a lower scoring game that favors dallas if it's a higher scoring game that favors the rams we'll make our official picks on Friday for this game the last question I want to ask you Scott is about the two tight ends in this game okay listen in this week you have the four like top tight ends of the year pretty much playing right in Kelsey Ebron Ertz and if you still consider Gronk there but outside of those top four Scott you then have the two tight ends in this game, ranked 5 and 6, and Blake Jarwin and Gerald Everett. Let's say, like in a DFS format, you want to take a flyer, you're on a tournament, you want to be contrarian, and you want to take, you know, someone who's not one of these top four tight ends. Talk to me about how you, like, what's the path for Jarwin and Everett to get production in this game?
1: Uh, neither team is that good at covering the tight end. Uh, I see. The Rams allowed a seven one 1,075 receiving yards to tight end that was most in the NFC. The Cowboys allowed 88 catches to
2: tight ends. That was the most of the NFC. Okay, so that being said, listen, there you know, on over on FanDuel, and I know we'll get into DFS a little bit more a little bit later on in the week, but you got Kelsey at 75, Ertz at 74, Ebron at 66, Gronk at 62, and then a big-time drop, you know. Even Dallas Goddard is ahead of Jarwin, um, and then a big-time drop. Gerald Everett all the way down at 48, uh, you know. I guess my question is... I'd be,
1: I'd be going with Ebron there.
2: You would, right, that's my question. Would you have the stones to go away from the top guys to a guy like Jarwin or Everett, or are you are you sticking the with there. the top?
1: No, no no, team allowed more touchdowns to tight ends during the regular season than the Chiefs. They allowed 10.
2: Okay, so you're sticking with and Ebron. We, that we know sense. what Eric Ebron does. Yeah, you're spending some money on the tight end this week. No, yeah. That makes sense to me. I just not the, the highest, was. but uh, the third, the third high. Yeah, sure, but still in that kind of elite group for sure. All yeah. right, Scotty, here's the thing. It, it sounds like you've been talking like you like this Cowboys defense and you like them to be able to keep it close. The spread is seven and a half, Scott. It's over a touchdown. Yeah, they'll cover. They'll cover. Uh, so you think the Rams do? You, you'll lay the seven and a half as of now, and still take the Rams. I think the Cowboys cover the Rams. Group. Oh, okay, so that them Rams do not cover, and that point spread comes into it. We'll make our official fix on Friday for sure. But when we come back on the other side of the break, we reset the headlines and we dig into Sunday's game. Dane and Scott on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.